Good morning. Let me get the house lights up a little. I want to see these beautiful faces today. It's Groundhog Day and Super Bowl Day. Any Chiefs fans? Oh, great, man. There's a lot of churches that would love to have you guys. <laughs> We're going to love you to wherever you need to go. <laughs> I'm kidding. We, uh, there's room for everyone at the orchard. And some days we really test that, don't we? Well, uh, we are in a stewardship series, and I know that many of you are just excited about the idea of more stewardship, but, but I'm going to jump right in today. We're be looking at um, Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, and so it's going to be up here on the screens, or you can open your Bible and scroll with us, but let's jump in. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but instead like one who is wise. Next one. Make the most of your time, because the days are evil. So we're talking about Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 today because we're talking about stewardship. And what do we do with our time? Now, your version might say make the most of every opportunity, but the word there is time. And we have two huge points. Be wise, don't be a fool, and make the most of your time because the days are evil. I don't have to convince you that the culture around us and the days are evil. We have, we're full of hardships. We're pressed down. There's lots of loss and pain. We can all agree that life is full of hardships. And therefore, because of that, let's live as wise, making the most of our time. Be wise. Make the most of your time, Paul says. Now, there's two Greek words for time. And Paul is using one of them as he writes this. The two words are this. One is chronos and one is kairos. Chronos is where we get the word chronological. Chronos is our clocks and our calendar. Kairos is not chronological, but it means the right opportune moment. Kairos means the supreme opportunity. This is seizing the moment. Carpe diem. And so let's look first at Kronos. God doesn't exist within Kronos. Did you know that? God doesn't exist within time. He is not on the clock. As uh, 2 Peter 3.8 says, Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. He's outside of time. This is also true if you've ever watched a, a toddler for any amount of time. A day is like a thousand years. You know, there's just certain times you're like, oh, I get it, God. But God lives outside of time. That He created it for our benefit. But we, we are very familiar with time. In the 14th century, the mechanical clock was invented, but it had no minute hand, let alone a second hand. I mean, they just lived based on the hour. I kind of like that. I don't know. It's after four. It's not yet five. I kind of like that. That's kind of Western Slope, Colorado. When are we showing up? After four. What time service? Ah, sometime between eight and nine. I don't know. We'll see. See what happens. In the 1500s, the clock in Wales, England, started chiming every quarter hour. So now, it's not every hour, it's every quarter hour. Oh man, now we're just, life is speeding up. It's every 15 minutes we know about. 1670, the minute hand became commonplace. Now we're living based on minutes. And in 1772, Benjamin Franklin was experimenting with electricity, and he needed some way to mark time with his experiments more exactly. And so he devised a new unit called a second. And he decided, eh, let's put 60 of them in a minute. 
And so he put 60 seconds in a minute, and he, he did that so he could count more precisely how long it took the lightning to strike and all the electricity to go through. And since that moment on, we have been measuring our time based on seconds. And if you watch the Olympics or any sporting event, even, even smaller increments of time. Fast forward today, and I, I wonder how many times we look at the clock. A little experiment sometime, not now, but go on your smartphone and go to your settings and, and go to screen time. It shows you how, long, how much you're on your phone during the day. And if you scroll down, it shows you pickups. Pickups is how many times you pick up your phone. And it is embarrassing to look at when you see how many times you pick up your phone. And every time you pick up your phone, what do you see? The time. I mean, we see the time. And then you have your Fitbit or your, your Apple Watch or whatever it would be. We are so locked in to Kronos. We have a deep relationship with Kronos. In fact, we have time management classes and books and seminars to, to help us improve our relationship with Kronos. The Greek word kairos, though, is a little more complex. It, see, it doesn't mean like time going through like this. Kairos is actually an archery term. Kairos means that you, have, you know the exact moment, and you do this by feel. There's no like formula. You, by feel, the exact moment based on trajectory and tension when to release the arrow, the, the supreme moment. Capturing that moment is kairos, when you should release the arrow to hit the target. It's knowing the right moment. Kairos is a fleeting moment of opportunity that you will miss if you don't capture it. Kairos is the moments of opportunity that if, if you can see them and seize them, they make life so much more rich. Listen, time may be measured in chronos, but life is marked by kairos. Anybody here engaged? Anybody want to get engaged this morning? That's a, kind, of a, kind of a cool illustration, yeah? A couple of you... <laughs> You guys should talk. Okay. Anybody here pregnant? No? Okay. All right. Well, oftentimes, if you ask somebody who's engaged, you say, how many days? And she'll go, 372 days. Or whatever. We're under 100 days. They, we say, when it comes to engagement, we count down the chronos. But the day the wedding happens, chronos takes a back seat. We're, we're no longer counting down days. The photographer doesn't go around capturing Kronos. Kronos is past, and the photos he gets are Kairos. Those moments, seizing, capturing, freezing those moments because it's a blur and we're going to forget this and we need to pay lots of money for someone to remind us that we actually went through that day. Also, when somebody's pregnant, remember when, when we were pregnant with our children, we had those little countdowns and it would show the baby getting close to the end. You know, you count down everything. We had a preemie. He didn't really pay attention to that. But we still, we counted it down. And in the delivery room, after all the counting of the chronos, chronos stands still when they place that baby on the mom's chest. And kairos, you soak in that moment. The challenge as we march through our lives of chronos is to have eyes to see and to capture the kairos moments when they present themselves. Back to our verse, Ephesians 5, 15, 16. Be careful how you, how you live. Don't live as fools, but instead, like one who is wise, make the most of your time because these days are evil. Make the most of your time. Now, 
do you think Paul is talking about making the most of your chronos or making the most of your kairos? Both would seem like they would work. I mean, if I'm making the most of my chronos, I'm going to make the most of my time here on earth. The years God has given me, I want to make the most of it. Or is God saying, make the most of the opportunities that come your way? Is the word here referring to minutes or moments? Well, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit here in Ephesians, he uses the word kairos. Be wise and make the most of your significant moments and opportunities. Make the most of those moments that present themselves. Time is measured in chronos, but life is marked by kairos. And discerning the difference in these moments is at the heart of what it means to be a steward of your life and of your time. Kairos is living like, you know, they say, live like every day is your last. Be fully present in the right here, right now. Which is why smartphones are just crushing Kairos moments. You see, Kairos moments, they don't happen by themselves. They present themselves, and the Bible says to make the most of those moments. And if I can't see those moments, if I can't step into this conversation with my son because I'm, 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 I'm checking my, my Insta, my new filters, if, if, I can't, if I can't step into this moment with my family or with a friend because I'm getting interrupted, and we miss those Kairos moments. It's not just about phones, but this is about, listen, don't live as one who's a fool. Live wise. Make the most of every kairos. You have to be attentive to see and to seize those moments. You ever been in a conversation, and it's just kind of a normal conversation, but all of a sudden the door opens, and a moment presents itself. You don't have to take it. But oftentimes, you know, as a pastor, I just wait for those moments in conversation as God opens up that moment, and the Spirit provides that kairos conversation and all of a sudden, the entire conversation changes, and eternities can change in those moments. But you have to have eyes to see. You have to be watching. A wise person walks through Kronos, listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and recognizing those critical Kairos opportunities when they present themselves, and in faith and in boldness steps into those moments and makes the most of it. Because when it comes to our time, our chronos and our kairos, we got to be honest, we only get so much. James 14, 4, 14 says, you don't even know about tomorrow. What is your life? It's like a mist. You see it, and soon it's gone. Now, it seems like it's a long time. But in the grand scheme of things, we're going to see in a moment that it is a mist. Life is short. Make the most of your kairos. You know, Amy and I have discussed that we don't want... We, we talked about this. We don't want the greatest mark of our marriage to be a badge of how many years we've been together. Because we all know people who've been together for decades, and they're miserable. And they have two different TVs and two different rooms and two different beds and two different lives. We don't want Kronos to be our badge. We want the trophy of our marriage to be these Kairos moments that we have seen and seized and stepped into. And listen, Kairos moments aren't all just gloriously grand there's a moment where we were pregnant with our, our very first pregnancy, and Amy came in the door, and she just said, please be home. It's not good. And she walked in the door, and no words were spoken. She just collapsed in my arm, and we cried for 10 minutes as we had miscarried that first. That was a Kairos moment that will always stick with us, that bonded us together. It, they're not always these happy, glorious moments. They're the experiences of life where you step into them and you're fully present. 
that bind you together. The most beautiful moments, the hard moments, the, the moments that mark our lives. Orchard, listen, you only have so much chronos in your life. You only have so many seconds and minutes and years. But life is found in those kairos moments, those sacred opportunities that God wants to lead you to every single day. The question is, do you see them? Do you, do you hear his prompting that, that this is one of them? That I have put this person in your path for an opportunity. That I have brought this person into your day as a Kairos moment. And I just, I just, I missed it. I'm so busy with Kronos, I just kept going. I got stuff to do. I, I got appointments. I am flying through Kairos moments because my clock's telling me I got to go. And it says, don't live as the foolish, live as the wise. Make the most of your opportunities, those moments that happen. So in Kronos and Kairos, you, this is where stewardship comes in. With the, with, the, with the time you have left, stewardship comes in. We learned last week what it means to be a steward in our life. And the biggest shift of stewardship is to realize you're not an owner, you're a steward. That God's the owner and that you're stewarding what he's given you. And when it comes to your time, God is the owner. God has given you time, Kronos, on this earth, whatever it would be. And he provides kairos moments. He is the owner of your time. You are the steward of it. That's why we are told to be wise and make the most of these moments. We get a limited number of moments and minutes, and then we're out of here. And there's no sequel to this life. We don't own our time on earth. We don't own our chronos or kairos. And as wild as it is to think about stewarding your life and your time, it comes down to a simple principle I'm going to talk about today. You steward your time on earth by what you say yes to and what you say no to. This is how you steward your time on earth. Our yes and our no dictates our stewardship. Now, now often when we want to make a change in life or, or a, a resolution or we, we make a self-promise or we get some self-help books or gurus to help us and assist us, we, get, we make those decisions to help us say no to things. I'm going to resolve to say no to this. I'm going to get some self-help to say no to this. We often assume that boundaries of making wise choices comes down to where we place our no. That where, where I place my no, that's what's important. I'm going to place it over here. Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to say no this year to some things. But I want to propose today a principle that, if implemented, can, can radically change the trajectory of your life and how you steward your remaining time. You see, I believe to be a good steward of your life, we don't need to go through life looking for what to say no to. But instead... Look for the few key things to say yes to. I believe that our yes is far more powerful than our no. Let me explain. You see, our lives are stewarded based on how we handle these two words. I don't want to go through life just being focused on the millions of no's. And there's millions of no's, aren't there? Thank you. There's millions of no. I'm going to write it on the back for next service. <laughs> on. Where you place your on, that's what matters. Only 830 gets this kind of goodness, you know. And don't go through life 
concerned about where you place the millions of no's. Oh, I, just say no to this. Just say no, 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 no. Not even once. You know, no, 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 no. We have so many no's to say no to. Here's the point. The easiest no comes after the right yes. The easiest no comes after the right yes. I have a close friend who's been meaning to get in shape for years. He would cycle through seasons of, um, all right, no carbs, some carbs. No, no drinking calories after 10. No sweets. No, 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 no. He was just like, he was just knowing. No, 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 no. And he would say no for as long as his no would hold him. As long as his will would hold, he would say no. But at the end of each year, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. His promise to say no to all the bad stuff kind of only spun his tires and then it never gained traction. But in the summer of this last year, he said yes to something. He said yes to a 5.30 a.m. workout class. Never done it before. He said yes to a 5.30 a.m. workout class. Now, he, he said, I'm not a workout kind of guy, but this was a big and kind of wobbly yes. Like, I'm saying yes, but I'm just terrified. He said yes to this early morning Class. But he had the coach's accountability, and he set up some accountability for it. He put some money on the line when he said yes to it. Um, he had said no to things for decades without much traction. But he said a yes to a 5.30 workout class. We're talking about bold decisions. That's a bold decision for some people. Do you know what a yes to a 5.30 workout class, do you know what that does to your life? Well, do you have any idea how that one yes to a 5.30 a.m. workout class comes loaded with a hundred no's? Did you know that one yes just comes preloaded with so many no's? If I'm saying yes to 5.30 workout, well, I'm saying a lot of no's the night before. I'm saying no to late nights, and I'm saying no to some late snacks, and I'm saying no to, to a bunch of different things. I'm saying no to, to, to gorging on leftovers over the sink at 11 p.m., to, to late night plans with friends. I, I, I'm saying no to a lot of things based on one yes. One yes surely can make a lot of no's. Orchard, as a church and as individuals, we're going to make some bold decisions this year. But these bold decisions won't likely be just a big no. The bold decisions that God is asking us to step into are going to be big and bold yeses in our life. Yes to God's way of living. Yes to God's way of giving. Yes to God's way of speaking and going out into the community and living and being a light. And one of the secrets to a godly life is to find the few key yeses the linchpins, and say yes to them. You see, people view God's word is just a big book of no. But in reality, saying yes to God is just like a 5.30 a.m. workout. Saying yes to God's way comes with a bunch of no's that make it a lot easier. So as you enter 2020, you have a list of things that you're going to do a better job of saying no to. I want to challenge you to, to have a couple key yeses that you want to place in your life and drop those in. Linchpin places where you say yes to this way of living. Saying yes to God. That yes to God comes with a lot of no's to my selfishness. And there's a million examples. If I say yes to purity, it says no to a lot of other things. 
You know, purity, I can say, there's a, there's a million things to say no to impurity, but if I just say yes to God's way of living, it says no to, to hedonism and instant gratification. Saying yes to biblical generosity says no to, to smaller spending. And Amy and I have said yes to tithing our first fruits every check. And that comes loaded with a bunch of no's to instant gratification and living in selfishness. Saying yes to relational integrity, it says no to a bunch of small things. You know, we have a bunch of no's. I, I won't gossip. I won't say bad things. I won't curse. But instead, what about one big glorious yes to loving people as I want to be loved? I have a yes. That I, I, I say yes to speaking life. That's a big challenge for me. Instead of, I don't want to say no to all these different ways of saying things. I just want to say yes to speaking life. Yes to marital, in, marital integrity says no to many small things. I said yes to Amy on a stage in 2010, and that one yes came with 3.9 billion no's. Sorry, ladies. I looked it up. I did the math. One yes said 3.9 billion no's, and they all wore black on the same day. It was a big day, big day on the earth. You see, I don't need to go around saying no to every female. No, 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 no. I just say yes and invest my energy into one captivating yes. It goes further than that. And my yes to Amy on stage needed to go further in my heart, so I made a, a vow to say yes to my wife and my thought life. Yes to Amy. So that it says no to thinking inappropriately to any other person. I don't have to go through everything. No, 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 no. I just say yes to my wife. When it comes to looking um, at women with desire, I made a vow with my eyes that I would say yes to one woman. And that came preloaded with a bunch of no's. That one beautiful yes said a bunch of no's as I go through my life. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look on a woman lustfully. And I like that. So I made a big yes with my eyes that there would be for one beauty. These may seem like small things, but I assure you, marriages die daily based on yeses and no's. Marriages die when we stop saying yes to the right thing and start fighting in the weeds about all the no's. Step back. Remember your vow. You said yes and stand on that. We need to say yes to living our lives for God. Say yes to God's pattern of speaking and God's pattern of giving and loving people and seeking him in the Bible and prayer. Yes to his kingdom and no. A yes to his kingdom says no to my little sandcastle kingdom. That's going to get washed away anyway. I say yes to investing my life in God's kingdom because only one kingdom survives this life. And it's not mine. And it's not yours. It's his. His kingdom survives. Bottom line, bottom line our yeses can have eternal significance. So, so here's the key. Say yes to the things that will last. Say yes to the things that are eternal. Invest your time and your talents and your treasure into the yes of God's way, of God's people, of God's plan, of God's kingdom. Because in the end, Orchard, my plan, my way, my kingdom, it's going to pass away. So say yes to the things that will never fade. The best way I can illustrate this is an illustration that Francis Chan has been doing for a long time. You'll see this right here. This is a rope. Those listening on podcast, I have a rope on stage, and it goes off the stage, it goes out the door, and it goes on for eternity, okay? 
Just stick with me on this. Pretend this rope leaves the stage and goes through that door and goes on eternally. Now, this I want to propose today is your eternal life, this white rope that goes on for eternity. And this part right here, this little blue part, this is your life on earth. This, this is where you are right now, somewhere on this. You are somewhere on this blue line. But, but you won't always stay in this reality. You see, someday you're going to graduate, and you're going to enter a new reality that goes on eternally. And so we talk about what are we going to say yes to. Do I want to say yes to the things that stop right here at the end of my life? Or begin to say yes to the things that are eternal? This blue part right here is where our chronos and our kairos are. And even if you're one who's going to live 100 years, it's still, do you see how it's still just a blip of a blip of a blip in the course of our life? And this is what God's word said. It says it's the truth. It says that we have give, been given these years, but God's word all, it talks over and over and over about the life that we will have after we exit this reality. That whether it is that we pass on or whether it is that Jesus comes back, whatever it would be, at some point, we will have our last breath, and this line will stop. At some point, each of us, and the last breath is when we exit, graduate from this life. So we need to ask some hard questions. In this life, where am I investing myself? Am I investing myself building a kingdom that's like a sandcastle on the beach just waiting for the tide to come in? I'm putting all of my energy into building a life for myself. Here's what it reminds me of. Do you guys remember high school? For those of you from the South, that comes after eighth grade. It's, it, um, <laughs> but hi, high school, high school, I don't know if you remember that. Amy and I had such different high schools. I was like, I would love to go back and do high school again. I loved it. And she's like, I would, you couldn't pay me to go back. But here's the deal. In high school, if you can put yourself back into high school, and, and we have revisionist history, so some of this you might struggle with. But as a youth pastor, I can tell you this is, this is kind of the way it goes, is that in high school, there are things we are so concerned with. Oh, my gosh. Does he like me? Does she like me? And, and the currency, the currency of high school popularity. And man, I'm going to get my hands on that money. I'm going to get as popular as I can be, and I will throw people under the bus, and I will befriend people that are terrible, and I will do anything I can do just to get ahead and get some more popularity. It's the currency for four years, and I'm going to spend my energy all in to get as much as I can before I graduate. And then this crazy things happen. I graduated, and I threw my hat in the air, and I, ha I just had monopoly money. I had collected this currency for four years that on graduation was immediately worthless. I spent middle school and high school chasing after a reality, and the moment I graduated, it didn't matter what club I was. I went to a college, and I was, like, I was the most popular kid in my high school. They didn't care as much as I thought they should care. They didn't care that I got to date Becky when I was a junior. They didn't, they didn't care that I was captain of uh, this or, or of that. They didn't care about my grades, my precious grades. Listen, when I, when I left high school and went on, it was as if all that time I'd spent and all that energy was for nothing, and I, I was awakened to a new reality. You know, someday you're going to graduate from this life. 
And you're gonna find out that all the currency you have invested yourself in is worthless. You can't take any of it with you. None. The day we graduate from this life, everything changes. So I'm going to propose to you that to be a steward of your life, of your kairos, is to make the most of every moment, investing in things that are internal. And what's eternal? What lasts forever? The souls of other people. And here's what happens. You know, we go to work and we have this kairos moment where we can step in and have a moment of conversation with a coworker about Jesus. But it's awkward. Oh, that would be uncomfortable. They might say no or not like me. And that tiniest of blip, of blip, of awkward, uncomfortable conversation right here, I just lost perspective. I just, I didn't think about any of this because of the, it, it, they might say no. It might be, I don't, it might be so awkward if I ask them, if I invite them to church with me. You see, as we go through our life, our chronos, looking for those moments of kairos, don't be foolish. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity for these days are evil, but they won't always be. And I don't want to get to heaven someday and go, ha, 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 I made it. Where are my friends? Did anybody make it? No? No. I, I want to invest in the things that matter most in this life so that in the next reality, what I've done here echoes into eternity. So am I investing myself into things that will last? Am I investing myself into eternal things? Am I leveraging every single thing I can in this life for the rest of eternity? You see, I have a limited amount of time here on earth. And I don't want to get to heaven just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. All right, Jesus, I'm here. I made it. Man, I made a really easy life for myself, God. It was great. I didn't really have much awkward conversation. I just got through that as good as I could, and I graduated, and I'm here. I, what, this is going to sound ridiculous, but what I want, what I want most of all, I, I want to get to heaven and just collapse into Jesus' arms. Just exhausted. Because I've spent and leveraged everything in my life in this short time so that others would know him for eternity. There are people around me and around you whose destinies for eternity can be different based on how we leverage our time and our talents and our treasure. God did not put you on this earth to build a business and a kingdom for yourself. He put you on this earth to build a business so that you could leverage it and yourself and your personality and who you are and everything so that others would know him for eternity. That's why we say love God, love people. Loving people is loving them enough to tell them about eternity, invite them, call them, and, and being okay with uncomfortable moments because they're so small. They're so small. Because when I take, when I've crossed this line, I take, I take no money with me. I don't take any savings or stock with me. I don't, I don't take any accolades, any award that I have that's so important to me. I, I don't take it with me. I can't take my house. I can't take my cars. I can't even take other people with me. I take nothing. I'm investing myself into my spirit and my character to love and be more like Jesus on this earth and to spread his truth to others so that they can know Jesus for eternity. We have one life. 
You get one life. As the modern poet M.B. Mathers said, you only get one shot. Don't miss your chance. Kairos comes but once in a lifetime. You get these moments and then they're gone. There are yeses waiting for you today. There are yeses waiting for you when you leave this moment. There are Kairos moments just waiting. You might have a Kairos moment right now, a moment where God has opened up and given you a chance to see the future and say, why don't I just go all in on Jesus? Why don't I go all in? And for some of us here today, there's a Kairos moment for you and your spirit to eternally change. Because someday we'll cross that line. So today as we take communion, I want you to remember this right here. As God asks, why don't you just go all in? Because you take none of it with you. So place your yeses in divine places. I will live for you. I will love others for you. I will speak life. Put your yeses where they will have huge effect. And look for Kairos moments. God brings people into our life for a Kairos opportunity. And for somebody here today, this is a Kairos opportunity for you. This is a moment for you. Because you um, are in this life, and maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I just want to say today, today, you could make a decision today that will change your eternity forever. And change your heart and character today. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus, Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And you who believe in me, though you may die, though you will die, you will have life. If you're in here today and you have not settled to pray to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And the Bible, said, the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you'll be saved. So if you want to pray this with me for the first time, I'm going to ask you to, to, to speak and to believe. And we're all going to pray it together. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, I need you for life. I know you died. I know you resurrected for my sins. I give you my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If all of you would stand up, please, with me. If you'd like to pray with me, place your hand over your heart. I'm going to pray a prayer of yes. Say, say, Jesus, my short time on this earth is yours. Give me eyes to see Kairos opportunities. Give me boldness to say yes when you call. My life, it's yours. Amen. Stay standing. As we go into communion, remember this is the symbol of Jesus' sacrifice. And don't take it lightly. Thank him because he gave his life so that we could pass from this life to the next. Let's respond in worship. Let's respond in communion and thank God that when we graduate, we step into the arms of our Savior. Amen?